Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. God damn it. Stop this dying stuff. Wow. With a damn it in there. Well, I'm pissed Run. off. I had a horrible, irritating day. You know, I have three children. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. Well, Mike, and I feel Mike is the only person I can't complain in front of because he has three <laughs> children, too. I thought you have God in heaven. Well, do you consider 36-year-old ones? Always. No. Oh, do you? Well, they're not. You don't have to feed them. No, they're on their own. <laughs> on their own. But, man, just like. This morning, it's Monday morning. No one wants to go to school. No one wants <laughs> Wait, to get out. Wait, is that an of... option? <laughs> well, they think it, it is these option. days. They think <laughs> it is these days. Because everything oh. is... Every... Chuck, when we have a society of all feelings-based, it's an all-feelings-based society at this point. So if you don't feel like going to school, that is a feeling. That's a feeling that has to be discussed and uh, processed. <laughs> You know, Veronica didn't have to go to school today because it was like, and everybody else had to go, but she didn't have to go because it was like, uh, I don't know, Che Guevara's Guevara's birthday? Yeah, something like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, No, Mike caught that. Wow. I I heard when you realized that joke of that. So anyways, nobody wanted to go to school. I was, we were late on Friday, so I was hell bent. I was, I I prepped them on Sunday night. You got to get to bed so we can get up. We were all late because I have a route where, where I, if we don't leave by eight o'clock, um, uh, Sid's going to be late. So she goes to public school. Elvis goes to like a, you know, a, a whatever it's called, charter school where you cannot be late. Those kick you out like, fuck you, you don't want to be here, don't be here. So when we leave after eight, then I take Elvis first. He has to be there at 830. And then Sydney and I get like, we're 20 minutes late to her school. It's literally a matter of four minutes if we, if we, because if we get to Sydney school late, at like 8.16 or 8.17 and I have to get out of the car and walk her in, then Elvis is going to be late. So I'm I'm forced to make this choice every morning if I'm late, right? And so I didn't want to be late. We were late on Friday. Both of them were, were late or tardy or whatever. So I prep talk and just no one wanted to get out of bed. Elvis was in bed <laughs> till like 7.50. We have to leave at 8 o'clock and Elvis is in bed at 7.50. Wow. No. So can't you drop <laughs> Elvis off early? Oh my God. Now Mike, you, not you if have not three... until seven fifty. <laughs> <laughs> but not if he But people that don't have kids. Do people that don't have kids, like they just don't understand how your day can just start and like you're the grumpy dude, guy, you're the, and, dude. You're the yeah. enforcer, man. You you tell oh, them no. we're getting up early, and you guys, I'm going to drop. I was getting them up. Used, you know, I used to with Elijah. Speaking of Elijah, if, when Elijah wouldn't get up, I would just, I literally the old school way, I just pour a glass of water on him. He'd get up then. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you do that? <laughs> no, you do that now. That's child abuse. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're, if you're not going to program. 
you can't stay here. <laughs> you know? I'm telling you, we have a feeling. We have a feelings based society, and you feel like going to school some days, and some days you don't, and you feel like going to work some days, and some days you don't. You feel like going in the office some days, but not all days. We've become just this feeling society that everybody's, you know, we got to accommodate everybody's feelings. Well, wait, you're setting that a precedent. You're saying no, the society is, uh, it's not the and the children are just living. You can set whatever preference. I'm I'm in a way different category than anybody right now. I and I just I just realized I should have held my tongue. Yeah, I should have. Like you don't know, like what I'm. No, I know, I yeah. know what you're talking about, and I'm sorry. So yes, well, right. I mean, I don't care. I just it's just. I've been under a lot of pressure. That's all, and and it's been a hectic time, and so, you know, the old way that that you should be able to be here's here's the thing you can't even have an opinion you're not allowed to have opinions anymore because it might hurt somebody's feelings like literally just an opinion about something i don't know man i just go ahead and hurt him fuck it <laughs> but, but, but well well okay he can't yeah, right now <laughs> i know, you know, I if know. You, if, and you can't mike mike i'm you, telling you if you work a job for a company no you can't and you work at the Long Beach Performing Arts Center, you say something out of line and it gets back to your employer, they'll come after you. And they'll say, you know, you need to tone it down. Oh, I don't even talk to anybody at work. I just do my job and, come <laughs> and then leave. I just don't no, even... You don't understand I don't what I'm create... saying. People are talking uh, on private chats and then somebody's photo shooting that and then and then they get in trouble for it at work. I'm telling you. it's a, it's yeah. a, a, People's opinions hurt other people's feelings and we're a society that has decided that feelings are paramount think feelings are the most important thing we can't hurt people's feelings we have to consider everybody's feelings and feelings 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 and i'm telling you this is a this is a dead end road we're going down hey and you know it's what i'll tell end. you this i'll tell you this bob devon's harder than i am she's like oh just you know like she's tough man right she doesn't go in for any of that stuff um, you know, but it, it what about shows, you, it shows everywhere. Like our, our, uh, I've, uh, Mike's trying to act like it doesn't, Mike's trying to act like it doesn't exist. I, I, I wanted to say why Devin can be harder than a man, but yeah. I'm scared to, because then I'll get in trouble for hurting somebody's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Women okay. can be harder. Yes. Women can be harder on their kids. I'll say that. I'm sure that hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah. No, well, that's the truth, Mike. It's the truth. Okay, you, you may you're probably right. I don't know. You know, but, I'm, in, I'm but, in a little bubble. <laughs> but that's what changed rehab, and that's why rehab is ineffective because we have to consider everybody's feelings all the time, right? You can't say you can't. Here's what are the terms you can't use anymore, Chuck? I started learning them. I didn't learn them like I had a supervisor telling me. I saw the I saw the parents' reaction when their kids told them what I said. Listen, Bob, if anybody's gotten in trouble for things they've said and 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 it's you. You are like the king <laughs> expert of opening your mouth and so, then getting yourself so, into fucking trouble. So I bow to you. I bow down and say, no, but, but, but here's the thing. Right. You say you call somebody a junkie. I did that about seven or eight years ago. Well, you're a fucking junkie. What do you, what do you expect? Like that somebody's <laughs> parents weren't nice to them or something. And I just flippantly mm. said, 
Well, you, to them, you're a fucking junkie. So, like, what do you expect? And Bob he ran. Him, no, but watch, watch how the how the feeling spectrum works. <laughs> he ran to get his phone to call his mom to tell her that I, his drug counselor, called him a junkie. She then called me, reading me the riot act was going to pull him out of my rehab. Well, he wanted out. That was eight years ago. What do you think's going on now? Chuck, tell us. When you call a client a junkie and they and it hurts their feelings, what happens? Well, well my friend, that's a pejorative term because <laughs> it casts judgment. You can say they lied, but you honor. can't call it them a liar. It used to be, hold on, it used to be a badge of honor. William Burroughs is a junkie. <laughs> Keith Richards is a junkie. But we I, found out know. he was kind of... Kind of donkey, right, right. But and you should get like a piece of paper that may make everybody sign it or something. Just so look, I may call you a junkie. <laughs> I may, <laughs> I may it hurt your feelings. Doesn't matter. Check. Can you imagine? I've never. I you know, junkie is a term that's very dear to my heart. I like that term. I like. I consider myself a recovering junkie. I like the term junkie. It's a great book. It's like a part of the zeitgeist of the culture I grew up in. I understand that modern kids don't like it. It really it's not that they don't like it. They don't even they don't even know what it means. They don't know that it means like they don't know that they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'll tell you one term I never use is crackhead. That 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 went That's out. That's offensive. You're right. That's an offensive word. I'll no. admit that. Right? No, the people the people I, I know that were crackheads themselves crackheads. I know. Is a tweaker is tweaker pejorative? Oh any any of those fringe, terms fringe. are because because you're defining the person by a trait. Well that's so, why they came up with crackheads. Wait, 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 right, stop right there. It's a pretty divine it's a pretty defining trait. Sure it is, but you're not <laughs> but that's this it's is defined. what they you you asked what are we what are we not allowed to say in treatment anything that's pejorative that defines the client as opposed to describing and then them. when does that end? What, it doesn't. What there is no that, end. And there's no end to the what's pejorative. Right. No, there is to no say end that, because it, to it, say it could that be somebody, speculative. Even if somebody has substance use disorder, to say substance use disorder, they may object to that. We might have to change that term. Right. Well, I'm going to take I'm going to take the uh, Integra, but I'm not going to uh, or the Invega, but I'm not going to I'm not going to allow you to call me or give me a diagnosis of bipolar. That happens all the time. I won't be stigmatized by that by that diagnosis, but I will take the Invega. Why is it like, wait a minute. So people are anti being labeled bipolar isn't like isn't it the most overdiagnosed term in, term in mental health? Isn't isn't Absolutely. like half even the, half the people getting mental health treatment in America are probably considered or diagnosed bipolar. I was, True. It's a cart. It's a it's a blanket term. It's a, like a big tent. It's like the Democrats. It's a big tent. The bipolar tent. It's, it's got the tweakers. Let me tell you who's in there: the tweakers, the junkies, the crackheads. <laughs> yep. Oh boy, you're just you're you're going straight to heck. If there is one, I don't want to offend anybody that doesn't believe in heck. <laughs> but, but but so there's all the addicts are in the bipolar diagnoses nowadays. Anybody with substance use disorder, um, because 
Don't stimulants kind of make you manic, Chuck? I don't know if they do or not. I'm kind of remember back. It's been 28, 27 years. Uh, I think when I took meth, I was really talked really fast, even faster than I do normally. And I could stay up for days talking really fast. And I had really fast thoughts that sometimes raced ahead of my words. And sometimes my words were out ahead of my thoughts. And it was a magnificent opus of 24-hour talking. That, my friend, is a manic episode. Yes. Yeah, but you're supposed to have those manic episodes un- unaccompanied by substances. That's a true manic episode. But what if right? I deny what if I deny my substance use disorder? There you go. This is the problem. When I go to the doctor and I say, What's wrong with me? I don't tell him to give me another diagnosis. I, I say, okay, let's Let's cut that thing out of my back or out of my scalp. And then they send it off. The thing they cut out of my scalp, they go, that's basal cell carcinoma. You need to wear hats when you're in the sun, son, because you're getting cancerous lesions. I don't say, well, I refuse to recognize that cancerous lesion. And I don't like the word cancer because that kills people. And that's negative. Well, that's coming. Oh, you, you don't know that the, the term cancer is going to be pejorative in the next 10 years? Oh, that's coming, my friend. That's I coming. wouldn't be surprised because it's, it makes people depressed when you tell them they have it. So you're going to need to call yeah. it a <laughs> something else. It doesn't change what it is. <laughs> this is the funny part is if I say you're full of crap, it's not any different than saying you're full of shit. It's just the word you can test. I'm still saying that what you're saying is a lie. It doesn't matter right. how I say it. And that's what people are caught up on. They're caught up in the nomenclature and the freaking phrasing instead of what is at the bottom of it? If I say you've got substance use disorder and you use opiates, you're a junkie. But now from Oklahoma, when they say dope, it's meth. So oh, really? now oh, I've got now a whole, that, it, I can't. What, my brain just did a hip hop there. I can't. I go, dope I, is dope is heroin. They need to be corrected. No, uh, uh, I go. I, I'm talking to this guy, and he goes, "Man, I, I was doing like uh, a ball a dope a day," and I go, "That's a lot." And he goes, isn't dope like idiot? Like, can you, can you still call well, it dope? Oh, yeah. Dope, you can't call it dope. You can't call it dope. Because that would suggest dopey, that you're dopey, that would, like that the would dopey podcast. You're an idiot. There's a shout out yeah. to the dopey podcast. You can't call well, people dopey that, that, that are taking dope. That's pejorative. You know, and as the parent of a special needs child, I would like them to change the name of that dopey show. To <laughs> something altogether different. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just like I'm just. I, anyways, the point is, I'm fascinated by. We're gonna have this to call thing. Dave and ask him to change that. Yeah, you're gonna. You're gonna have to change I'm that. Gonna hurt, you're, he's I'm, hurting I'm people's not, feelings with that word. I'm gonna so, start a campaign so against I, him. So get this. So get this. So so we've been trying to spend time with each kid, like individual because uh, you know whatever so today it was me and chrissy were supposed to take idris to disneyland for like three hours while the kids are at school and spend, spend special time with him right i get home i jump, go run the shower i'm getting ready to go chrissy's getting ready to go it's like 9 30 we're gonna hit disneyland get there by 10 30 be in the park and whatever and have like three hours and whatever i just goes i don't want to go to disneyland <laughs> He's having a feeling. His feelings are paramount, Chuck. He does not feel like going to Disneyland. 
Oh, I well, that's too bad. You know, there's starving kids in China that never get to go to Disneyland. So you're going, <laughs> you're going to finish every you bit of Disneyland on your you plate. You have to honor the child's feelings, Chuck. You oh, have to honor no. the child. So an under five gets to make the family decision. <laughs> so, that's so fucking I said, brilliant. I said, I just, you don't want to go to Disneyland? He goes, no, I don't want to go to Disneyland. <laughs> And so, so I just, I just gave up and came in my office and just sat. <laughs> this is like okay. a nine nine thirty five. I've given up on the day. I I don't know what to do. Wow! Right? This is crazy. And and it, you know, I I just don't know where it ends. If we're like, I didn't know that. If I don't, I. I'm just trying to think back of the feelings that I had as as a teenager like Elvis or as a kid like Sydney or as an adult like our clients. Like I never thought that my feelings, I was kind of embarrassed of them. That, you know what I mean? I didn't tell people I they hurt my feelings or I don't like that or you don't, you know what I mean? It's just like it, it has something to do with self-esteem as to how this all got created. Right there, you have self-esteem, and so you stand up and you say, "You hurt my feelings with that word. You hurt my feelings, you know, by joining that or liking that band. You hurt my feelings by watching that TV show. This all, you know what I'm saying? That people are so confident in themselves, which is always an astonishing thing to me. But because yes. most people, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. It's astonishing." <laughs> It's astonishing how much self-esteem not so bright people have. I, I it's just like it's astonishing. Oh, you to shouldn't me. have said that, Bob. Well, bleep oh, that oh, out. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> okay, I think you just need to call them unfortunate. No, I didn't say that. I'm not saying they're un- <laughs> uh, here's what I'm saying. They're unexceptional. They're the proportion of their the proportion of oh, their boy, self-esteem. You said that now, brother. No, no, no. I'm trying to figure no, it out. Oh. The proportion of their self-esteem does not meet their physical uh nature they're at odds with their self-esteem but do you know what i'm saying there was a self-esteem movement and that created the feelings of paramount movement uh-huh. i would say there's a like there's got to be a correlation because if i have good self-esteem or i have this false sense of self-esteem i'm gonna feel superior to you and i or or and anything you say that I don't like, I can jump down your throat and say you hurt my feelings or I don't agree with you and you're a trumper or whatever. You can that's where a lot of this anger is coming from. Too much self-esteem, Chuck. I really believe that. Like the Karen's, like they I'll never get over the Karen in Arizona. She's in Arizona, Mexican territory for a thousand years. And she asks a Hispanic girl to go back to her country. <laughs> I mean, that's who we're dealing with. That Karen has too much self-esteem. You know, they just, they, they, they really don't know like the history of the American Indian or anything like that, because in Arizona, it was the Mescalero Apaches that dominated the whole area. And yes, they, they co-mingled with Mexicans. And so, you know, there are Mexican Apache Mescalero Indians. Part Mexican, part Apache. How far up? I, I've never been familiar. So when we faked the war with Mexico to take the southern region of the United States, which was, it was all 
bullshit America said they were fired upon. They weren't. It's quantified. It's all bullshit. And it, read Howard Zinn and you'll learn more about America than you can stomach. But where was the border of Mexico? Do you know, Mike? How far north did it go? Sacramento was the first place that was that was had a fort and everything. So everybody came to Sacramento and hid in the fort and made it a little town. And then they moved south and pushed everything as far south as they possibly could. And when they went east into Arizona, how far did it go from Native American lands? I, I don't how know. How far I, up was the border? Because oh, the border wasn't. That. The border wasn't the border this dumb Karen and Trump think. The border was way north of them. <laughs> the border, right? right? Bob, the border is so different Fe, for them. Well, no, when you, I know Santa Fe was a Mexican territory town. Santa Fe is way far north of the Mexican border. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so this woman is in Mexico, basically, and telling. A Mexican or Hispanic American or whatever person, they need to go back to their country, which is over this fake line that John Lennon talked about. Imagine there's no no countries. Yeah. Like he had the idea of riding on a plane. Did you know that, uh, Chuck? When he had the Imagine to write the song Imagine, he was flying and he was looking out the window and he, and they're, waiting to know whether they're in Canada because he was in trouble or something or he was going to get married or whatever. And uh and they and the they arrived in Canada or whatever and he was he had been looking on the ground and the pilot said you're we're now in Canada and we're landing in Toronto or whatever. And he got the idea we have these lines in our minds that we we were taught in school. There's no lines on the ground. There's no lines. Yeah. Right. And so that's where he got the line. Imagine there's no countries, no lines, no lines. But I do think there's okay. cultural, historic origin regions. Right. And and when you say in Scottsdale, Arizona, to a Mexican-American, go back to your country, you should be talking to yourself in the mirror. Go back to fucking Scandinavia, you Bleep that. Here, I won't say the word, but I do want you to bleep it. <laughs> like, I just am fascinated by that. And I do believe that these... Well, that's a lot of thought on an ignorant person. No, but what I'm talking about is the self-esteem that these people have. Okay. What kind of... It's a false self-esteem, but it is self-esteem enough to speak out in a 7-Eleven or an AMPM against another citizen because you're superior to them. Okay. You understand that mentality? Yeah, yeah no, and, it's all over the place. I've seen it a thousand times. Yeah. So do you think it's a part of the self-esteem movement that developed in the, it started in the 80s, it really gained traction in the 90s. The self-esteem movement in psychology was to build your child's self-esteem from very early age and the accolades and the boys and all this kind of stuff. And we created millions of monsters. I truly believe that that have no yeah, sense of the other. They have no sense of the other that people are entitled to their opinion. You don't have to like it. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to, it's not, you know, it, it, it's just like we're, we're in that kind of thing. And I find myself walking that tightrope with my kids, with the schools, with, you know, 
with my wife, with my in-laws. Like you have to walk this fine line. You can't have an opinion that might offend somebody or have, or have, or you can't say anything. You know, comedians started talking about it like five years ago that they're just not going to work on college campuses anymore because you can't, you can't have an opinion. Because, well, that's right? the most sensitive group there is. College. I think the old rich white people are pretty sensitive myself. <laughs> but I don't think people know how to enjoy life on a certain level. Like if you, I always think of, you know, all this hustle and bustle to get where you got to go. And if you had, if you had security enough to like live comfortably and not have to work, wouldn't you like, wouldn't you find, would you find hobbies, Chuck? Would you find philanthropic work? Would you fill your days enough without having to work? If you didn't have to work, like we have to work paycheck to paycheck. If you had the luxury. I already want to do what? that. <laughs> I want to do I want to do it right now. I want to do that right what? now. Just okay. I, I, I want to do hobbies. I want to do things that just mean something to me or to find just, uh, I don't want to work. I don't understand people that work into their eighties when they don't have to. Well, if you enjoy what you do, I can understand that. But if you're, if you're, if you're kind of trying to find some, you know, I can, I, you know, I loved being a drug counselor for like 20 years. And then when it got like this, you know, so, so many combinations, the death rate, the, we weren't, here's the thing. We weren't playing with on the same playing field anymore. The playing field had changed. The drug the playing treatment field playing changed. field, yeah, yeah, you know, and it became all pharmacology. I remember when, probably 2007, it really was starting to be noticeable that no one came into the rehab on like meth or heroin and left on nothing. It was about 2007, 2008, 2009. I started realizing like. And people would point it out. Like I came in here on alcohol. Now I'm leaving on three drugs. Is this big mm -hmm. pharma? You know what I mean? Is this big pharma? And I'd be like, no, nah, this is what Dr. Drew does. You know, he's a psychiatrist, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, you know, if you don't, I, and Xander was one of them. And I said, and he was all worried about the meds he was on. And I was like, well, if you don't, if you, if you don't want to take them, don't take them. And I, oh my God, that's, oh, and then he, you know, that got back to doc to his doctor, and uh, that I said, if you don't want to take them, don't uh, take them. Oh yeah. my God, I was oh, in trouble man. that day. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> right, but just one uh, of the times. But that's just <laughs> an opinion. It's and you can take it or leave it. But right? you're, yeah. And then they scare you. I think it was Zyprexa or something or. Uh, some drug way, unless you titrate, you're going to, so they tell you all the horrible things that are going to happen to you. If you just stop it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't they yep. Chuck? Yep. And yep. so there's a lot of scaring people into staying on the drugs for sure. Or, you know, we'll titrate you down. What does that mean? You got to see your doctor once a month. Right. 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 To oversee. Um, and, and other drugs that, weren't used anymore. Like when I started at Los Encinas as a psych hospital in 2003, um, it was the beginning of people not using lithium, which the only reason I knew lithium was it was a Nirvana song. And I was like, what? And they was like, yeah, you have to get your blood, blood taken all the time right. to see your levels and all this. It's a real, and the psychiatrist there 
in 2003 were educating me and saying it's a real archaic drug and there's better drugs now we don't need that drug and then it went away for like five years then it came back oh elvis looking in the window at me uh-oh he's <laughs> taking hey, Bob, a film. have you ever what? taken lithium have probably you ever, have you ever <laughs> i know but i mean have you ever like oh here's a lithium pill take this i've never taken i've never taken a lithium pill i've taken most of everything taken, else i've taken the big one that they give in psych hospitals wow that's great. what i was, that's, that's what I was gonna say is that it what's probably, the one that uh halidol i had halidol halidol is, is, is a looper too That'll fuck you up, Haldol. Yeah, that's a looper. I abused Haldol. I gotta admit, I abused it. I abused it. I um, <laughs> I would take like three of them. This I learned this in jail, and then I had some left over. So you take your Haldol, you crush them up, and you know, really like powdery, and then you put them in uh, espresso, <laughs> and you mix it all around. And then you just guzzle it down. And it just, it really is a great hot. I don't want to encourage people at home. There you but, go, uh, kids. There's, there's a recipe. <laughs> Grandma's probably got some in her cabinet. A little bit of espresso and Haldol. Haldol. Grandma's got Haldol in her, <laughs> yeah. In her yeah, cause that's, that's an Yeah, that's because that's an old drug. It, it seems like that was like, that was in a lot of people's cabinets for a while. I don't know why. But Haldol, a couple of Haldols crushed up in a double espresso or instant coffee and put a lot of milk in there because it tastes really bad and just guzzle it down like in literally in seven minutes you'll be fucked up and we used to do that we used to do that in, we used to do that in jail well you got nothing else to do in there chuck i didn't want to smoke crack they would smuggle crack in there and after lights out at 11 or 10 or whatever people would be smoking crack and see all the lights going on the lighters and they'd just be like how can you want to smoke crack in this fucking place? No shit. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my. Yeah. <sighs> right, oh. and uh, of course I did pay for it one time. And what happens ah. is, every, <laughs> well, <laughs> no, and no. everyone bum rushes like the dumb guy, like me, and uh, and so the guy that got it for me, he obviously gets the first hit, and then let's take a little crumb and put it in there, and okay, hit it, and then his friend like bum rushed and kind of intimidated me and got it, and then finally it's going to be my hit, and there's barely a little corner left. I put the <laughs> whole thing in and melt it, and I took one hit and I missed it kind of, and just like oh my god, I put forty dollars on this guy's books, I got one bad hit of crack, and but <laughs> what I but what I am going to get, what I am going to get is feeling miserable and tweaked out and awful for like three or four hours. How great. And being, and being totally aware that I'm on the third bunk by the fluorescent light in a fucking room with a hundred maniacs. Yeah. The big holding cell. Yeah. And I remember I, uh, no, in medium North and wayside. And I remember cause the softies, all us, uh, I, can you is softy pejorative term now? Do they not call people softies anymore? I, I, I think people that are born soft are offended by people who claim softy <laughs> because <laughs> if, if you're a trans softy by you know not being born a natural softy, that's really offensive, Bob. I can't believe you tonight. Well, see, yeah, so I'm I'm I think of myself as pretty tough, but once I got in there, it was obvious that I'm a little soft. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> there's always someone tougher. I found that out the hard way. Like, like okay, out of a hundred people, there's like ninety-two tougher, right? <laughs> so, so, anyways, uh, I don't know if I've told these stories. The reason why I'm redoing my office and right here is my this is my wristband. I've always kept it from my last term in jail. Yeah. I have it framed. Um, Why would you want to fucking frame that? Throw it away. How? Because it's the last time I was in jail because it got me sober. Oh. So, um, so, so I'm in there and luckily a, a friend of Max's was in there. This really great guy. He looked out for me. And then this other guy that I knew was in there. So two of the people in there I knew and, um, and, and I, we're sitting eating and this guy walked by my tray and ate, he, he just picked up the good thing that was on my tray, whatever it is, an apple or I don't know what it was. And, uh, <laughs> and I was just glad that he just walked by so casually and took it and kept going. And those two guys said, you got to do something. You got to do something. And I was like, no, no, I don't care. I don't need a fucking apple. Like, I don't care. He goes, no, if you don't stand up now, you'll fucking be a bitch. And I was like, bitch doesn't sound good, Chuck. Is that a pejorative yeah. word? In jail. In jail. Well, that's a different term in jail than it is in real life. We're not referring to true. anything female or any kind of thing. Just like so punk. Punk means I pretty, something totally different. I pretty much knew that's a thing that I don't want to be labeled. So I turned, and it was a tall, skinny black guy, and I hit him with my tray on his back. Right, <laughs> like I'm crazy. That was, I know, I know how to act crazy. Right, we're in because we never went anywhere. We were always in this area and it had this eating area, and then the food would come sliding through, and then you get your tray and you go. Um, and so I just, I just threw my kind of threw my tray at him, hit him. I said, "Give me my fucking whatever it was. I think it was an apple." You my fucking apple bag. <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> and he just looked at me and he just walked away. <laughs> but I saved face. <laughs> I saved face. And I was kind of labeled crazy, kind of. Like, what the fuck did he hit him with this tray for? Right? Or throw the, <laughs> throw the food what's, what's all over the place. And then there's this horrible food. <laughs> this horrible fucking bologna sandwich or whatever. And the guys that I know are helping me pick it up off the ground like I'm going to eat it still. I didn't uh, I, I didn't probably eat for two weeks in there. I couldn't stomach it. And finally, you're just starving to death. You could get candy on the books, right? Mm. And you could buy candy. There was a guy that dealt candy or dealt, you know. You didn't have commissary? No, on your books, yeah. They, you, you told them what you wanted, and they came and gave it to you, right? Mm -hmm. We bought it. Uh, that's how I bought my instant coffees. Right. But uh, but anyways, the the it's just a strange kind of thing that that's not the experience people are having anymore. Like that scared the shit out of me, and that it was unending that I was just going to be in there forever because I had this case that was heading to prison like basically i thought well i gotta fight it i gotta delay it i gotta get out of here i gotta you know i didn't know what i was gonna do but when i was in i just thought well i'm gonna be in here for months and then i'm going to prison how fucking horrible <laughs> is this right yeah 
Everybody says, you know, I listened to a podcast this morning, Penelope Spheris, Spheris and, uh, and, um, and uh, Alan Sachs have a podcast called Who Killed, Who Killed um, uh, Peter Ivers. Do you, you know, remember Peter oh, yeah, Ivers? Sure, yeah. Who Killed Peter Ivers is a new podcast. Everyone should listen to it. It's so great. If you want to hear about the early 80s Hollywood, Cafe, punk rock world, they do an excellent job of it. Anyways, the first episode came out today. I listened to it. And, and Penelope said that she worked at a, at like a rental place for cameras. And a guy came in like in 76 and said, have you heard the sex pistols? And she said, no. And he said, you have to hear the sex pistols. And she says on this podcast so magnificently, get hearing the sex pistols changed my life and made me who I am today. It's that thing. And she describes what punk rock was, what she saw, and then what she made a film about called Decline of Western Civilization was a bunch of traumatized kids who came from abusive, violent, mm -hmm. alcoholic backgrounds like her. And they built a community together. Mm -hmm. what, what Penelope yeah. described, it's a real family that loves you and cares about you and looks out for you. And the gangs get demonized too much. They're their family. Our system that turns them into monsters from the time they're 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, 22. And by the time they're 22, they're just going to be having the same number violating and going back forever. But with the system did it to them. The gang, yeah, the gangs drug, deal drugs and whatever and they have. They're, certainly I'm not advocating gang, gang membership, but I know what it, what those kids feel like in the gang they feel loved they feel approved of they feel like they have a family that they can depend on they feel like they matter they feel yeah. supported and like they're they matter and that's what penelope described going to the mask feeling is like these people are a community and i'm a misfit and i don't have anything my parents fight all the time and they're drunk and i got five sisters and brothers and my life is fucked 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 and I go to this fucking basement where there's also, a, you know, a hundred other people whose life is fucked, fucked, fucked. And we, we form a society together. It has its own rules. It has its own dress code. It has its own, you know, kind of his, history and, 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 and music and culture. Same thing as, as East LA gangs or South Central Bloods and Crips. Same thing. You get this feeling of connection. You're scared and you're isolated and you're alone and you join this thing and you feel connected and a part of in a family, right? It's our system that makes them into monsters. I think that if we worked more with the gangs to try to like, you know, uh, one of the things that was happening when I worked with the 18th Street Gang members, which I don't even know if the 18th Street Gang exists anymore, does it? Maybe somebody could give us an email. Because all you ever hear is MS, like MS took over the world, kind of like Amazon. MS and Amazon are like the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> they like, they like own everything, right? Maybe they can merge. MS and Amazon could merge into the biggest corporation in the world. <laughs> most manpower, most gross profits, uh, mm -hmm. or net profits. <laughs> 
but it's true. Like you never hear about anything. You don't even hear Bloods and Crips anymore. You just hear MS, MS, 13, MS, MS. But the 18th Street gang members were being pushed out by gentrification, right? And they didn't realize yeah. it, how it was happening. And I'd explain it to them because I did this group at the Echo Park Library. And I would say, you know, they'd be like, it's fucked up and people getting shot down south of Olympic and stuff. And they're getting pushed or pushed down and they're blaming the other gang. Right. I think the Bloods and Crips did a good job in Watson and South Central, like having, having peace talks, having neutral territories. Right. The Watts Towers, where we've been trying to do the music well, school. Well, that's because all the big leaders and everything became like really successful rappers, you know, and then they had something to lose, you know. I don't know if they're the, the real leaders aren't rappers, Mike. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, were, yeah. maybe Suge Knight was, but I don't know that he was a gang leader either. I, I don't know. Yeah. I counseled Suge Su okay. Knight. Is he alive? Oh, I can't say it, probably. <laughs> and trying to that figure guy, out where you live now <laughs> no i know no i just i my office is like on sunset and i don't know if people remember before the event that happened on the that he got charged with murder running the guy over for no reason like crazy stupid thing um horrible thing uh he had gotten shot at what used to be Gazari's. It's called Oak 101 or something at some like hip hop club bar, you know, bottle service place right across the street from my office. He got shot. Or you can look it up, Chuck. Suge Knight got shot five times, once in the chest, and he drove himself from Sunset and Doheny to Cedar Sinai Hospital. He drove himself. That's a that's guy. A big fella. That, yeah. That's a guy. That, that's a big fella. That's a guy that had some meat on him. I wonder if he I wonder if he had his finger over the <laughs> over the, the hole. Chest. Yeah. <laughs> While he was driving. Like, oh, I gotta drive this one hand, I guess. Can you, you, the blood can you look it up, Chuck? It's a pretty amazing story. I don't know why more people don't talk about that. He got shot and drove himself to the hospital. He's like badass. He was in the car with Tupac too, right? Yeah. He was in the car. Did yeah, he get he, shot at did I he get he shot did. at that? I think he did, yeah. How many times has Knight been shot? <clears throat> I don't know. As many as fifty cent, probably. Well, fifty cent told me the story of how he got shot. So and this is why he doesn't he doesn't uh get high. And he was I think he was in his parents or his family's front yard or front and he was stoned on pot. And he blamed it that he, he wasn't, he didn't have his senses around him because he was stoned. And so he swore like, he can't be stoned. You get killed. <laughs> That's a good thing. Good thing to get you to, to not take drugs, right? Not smoke pot. Yeah. If you're stoned on pot, are you going to really notice a car driving up really fast with a gun pointing out the window? And are you really going to notice that? You're just kind of like, uh -huh. wow. Dude, well, that yeah. dude's gone so fast. <laughs> he's got a guy. gun, dude. What's yeah. with that guy? Why is he pulling so close to the curb here? And hey. nothing. <laughs> if you were on tweak, you'd be right on top of things. You'd probably better prevent it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I just like imagine, like, um, but uh, had a great thing last week with Elijah. Was it after his birthday? Yeah, it was. So. Mm -hmm. 
um, did did you guys have certain music you listen to? I've never done this. I don't know, but certain people have certain music they listen to while they're giving birth. Oh wow! Do you know this? Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. I yeah, can... I wasn't really. You know, I'm trying to think. I wasn't there when Elijah was born. Everybody knows that. And I'm probably will pay for that the rest of my life. And I was just an idiot and asshole. But I have been there for three, and never was there a thought like, "Hey, we need to get the right music going." Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what the problem is here. But my daughter-in-law, my daughter-in-law wanted to listen to this album. Um. You know, because it was it was intense or whatever, and so the doctor gave her, her his phone, and she played the this album called "Promises" by Pharaoh Sanders and this other people. Uh, this like instrumental album. It's one song. It's forty six minutes long, and so um, my grandson Isaiah was born while that song was playing. That music was playing against again you know against his belly and whatever so the first sounds he heard were probably push and this album <laughs> right? that'll be interesting and, to see if there's recall and so there well there is wednesday night at the hollywood bowl they played the album live all in all the people that played on the album except for the late pharaoh sanders has died since then since they made the record so this other kid did he was great but they played the album and we all went um elijah Jean, his wife isaiah my grandson chrissy and i and i was watching them gene was getting teared up elijah was like you know didn't know it, he had sun he put his sunglasses on because i think that he didn't want people to see him crying but isaiah was watching and then you're talking about this is the first Sun Ra Orchestra played from like eight till eight forty-five, nine fifteen. They start doing this album Promises. So you're talking about nine thirty, a five-month-old, wide awake, eyes full on watching, listening to this album being played. It was amazing. It was an amazing thing. And oh, cool. uh, I I got up. I, it was just one of those special things. Oh, that's um, great. And, you know, the music was was intense. It got really intense for a while. It's like the, I don't know. I, I, I forget exactly, but I'm going to send you guys a picture of, this is, I, this is my grandson watching this fucking concert. He is not fucking around. He is not <laughs> Hollywood Bowl, brother. Oh, yeah. I got a grandson. Look at that. <laughs> wide eyes I'm trying you know like I'm trying to think like it is like he's watching the concert at five Are months old take him to a Hanafas nice no I think Elijah's mom wants to go like I, I don't know what they're doing like I don't know <laughs> you know what's so weird they live in Inglewood. I live in Claremont it's, they might as well live in New York <laughs> like, it's pretty <Right>. crazy <laughs> like seriously it's easier to go to Ontario Airport and fly to New York than it is to get to Inglewood most times during the day. Wow. Well, you can't go, like, you know, like you can't really go early in the morning, whatever. You're not going to go in the morning. If you go, like, I still haven't been there. Uh, Elvis has been there, but I haven't been there. It's just like, 
I don't know. There's certain parts of like Manhattan Beach. I like well, my really good friend who I love lives there. I've been to his house one time because Manhattan Beach just seems impossible to get to. Not for you guys because you just got to go up the 405. But if you live in Hollywood or the Valley or uh, the uh, IE like me, to get to Manhattan Beach seems like going to Hawaii. It really does. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you go on that 105, then you go on the 405, and then you like get lost, and you don't know where you're supposed to go, and then you're in Palos Verdes, and you're not supposed to be there, and you're like, I just like, I did head down there one time. I was like, fuck it, I don't know where I am. I'm just gonna go back home. Yeah. <laughs> I did, like, it's true. Manhattan Beach, Inglewood, that whole area, and now it's becoming a place where people never leave. Because Inglewood and man, you know, and all that area, Hawthorne, all the old punk rock areas, it's been so built up because of these stadiums that are down there. People just live there and they're never going to leave there. They're not, there's no reason for people to go to Hollywood. There's no reason. Like they have the YouTube theater. They have this other, the forum. They have this other thing that's opening up next year, Bombers Digital Arena. And then if you want to go see, you know, Morgan Wallen or Taylor Swift or BTS, you got the SoFi, you've got both football teams there. And I, and the Clippers are about to move there. So I don't think the center of Los Angeles is going to be downtown LA and Hollywood anymore. I think it's going to be Inglewood. We're going to all have to move to Inglewood or Manhattan beach or Hawthorne or something to be considered at the entertainment hub of Los Angeles. <laughs> like, think about that. Well, All you know, of the that... best, other than Staples Center and and the Hollywood Bowl and the Fonda and, you know, all the big bands play at the Forum or, or you know, somebody played the YouTube theater. I couldn't believe it. I would have gone there to see it. But then again, it's like going to Hawaii. So I wouldn't have gone. The only reason I go to SoFi, I went to see the Chili Peppers. I went to see BTS. I've never been to a football game. Have you guys been to a football game yet? No. Nope. Have you been to it any costs, concerts? Have it, you been to concerts there? Uh, at oh. YouTube. Yeah. What did you see at YouTube? I saw X. Well, we took Bug to see X and Psychedelic Furs there. We saw, um, who else did we see there? Been there a couple it's a, times. It's a great theater, right? It, it's it's a good theater, you know, and that's one of the only things you can see really that stands out flying into LA. It, you keep saying Hawaii, but when we came back from Hawaii, it's like flying over, you can see SoFi is this huge thing. And then there's a lot of blackness next to it because of the, uh, there's a, like a Late. cemetery there. Oh yeah, there's a cemetery north of the forest. So that's like that's like totally it it blacks out. There's this square of black and then this bright white thing right there. But there used to be what so I'm saying is there used to be like if you moved to Inglewood twenty years ago, you shopped over the hill in LA and you were in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Like Angelo used to live somebody I know used to live in Inglewood, but they always came north to like La Cienega, West Hollywood whatever to eat and hang out and whatever now there's no reason to all the all cool things are down there right so then when you go to sunset which i did um what was it that i was driving down sunset what the fuck was it um i was just there doing something and uh 
And all the stores are closed. I never seen Hollywood. The stores are closed. It, it was after some concert. <clears throat> I forget where I was. But I was driving down Sunset and I needed nicotine gum. And the Rite Aid was closed. Like uh, the Rite Aid's been open my entire adult life in Hollywood. And then all of a sudden, yeah, no, we're closed. Like restaurants are closed. Right. I think I've talked about up in Vermont when the baby was being born, like you couldn't go to Starbucks is closed at 10 o'clock. Like Sunset Boulevard <laughs> is nothing. It's just nothing. You got Chick-fil-A on Highland. You got in and out right there and you've got nothing. Well, that's not a they, destination spot. <laughs> the Sunset Strip yeah. has always been Sunset Boulevard has been at the center of my existence, my entire <laughs> adult life. And now it's irrelevant. It's kind of well, crazy. Be, becoming more so all the time, huh? Well, you know who's on this podcast? Mike uh, uh, Pleasant is on it. I recognize her voice. It's a really cool podcast. You got to hear it. So Peter Ivers, I did the interview. This thing's been going on for like two years, this podcast. They've been putting it together. So I just let it all hang out in the interview I did. I said, yeah, I think I know who killed Peter Ivers. And I've always thought it. And I, and the person I thought did it is now dead. So I'm going to say it. And I say it on the podcast and Alan Sachs, who did the interviews said, yeah, Bob, like everybody has said that you're not. And I thought I was the only person I thought I was blowing the lid off of who <laughs> killed Peter Ivers. And he said, most of the people I've interviewed thought it was him, including his daughter. Including the the guy's daughter, oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, it's him." And he goes, "We don't think it is because they they got private investigators, and they they like really went after trying to find, as Penelope Punk Rockedly says in the first episode, find the shithead who killed our friend." You know that somebody killed our friend Chuck forty years ago. Never solved. Didn't even seem like they tried to solve it. Right? No, they didn't even seem like they they didn't even care. It was like a punk rock weirdo. Like, fuck who cares? LAPD doesn't care. <laughs> a lot of people right. think it was a gay, you know, a gay lover or something because they bludgeoned him with a baseball bat. I know. It's just brutal, brutal. It's fucking murder. This is my this is I, I didn't know him, but I knew the guy who I thought was the murderer. <laughs> of say, course. <laughs> I, I, I say, yeah. I, I don't think it was earache. No, it wasn't. Place. It wasn't earache. It was the other. It was the producer of of New Wave Theater. I'm not going to say his name, but you, you got to uh -huh. listen to the podcast. So turns out it's not the guy I thought it was, and they think they have the guy, and and like you just got to listen to the podcast. So it is fascinating that, and that opened up. There's this whole crime world of podcasts, you know. That? So I was thinking maybe we should get into crime, like drug crime or something, to spiff up our numbers. <laughs> our numbers, our numbers are down. We're not up. We're down. We're down. We're not. We're not sideways. We're not. We're not. We're not multiplying. We're not multiplying. We need, we our need, numbers are the same for every. We get about twenty thousand downloads. No, you got to grow. You got to grow. This America, you got to grow. You got to get bigger, bigger, bigger. Uh, more numbers, more streaming, more, 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 more. And I think if we had some sort of, you know, mystery that we were trying to solve here on the Don't Die podcast. So let's try to think of some mysteries that I think, and I thought about this in the car. I really think are true. 
I think big pharma is behind a lot of some a lot of things. Ah, well. I think I think I think they are. Yeah. I I don't think you're saying anything new or informative to tell you the truth. No, I think that when people say big pharma, everybody rolls their eyes like, "Oh, she's a wacko" or whatever. No, I really believe that big pharma is an evil, evil empire because I'll, I'll tell you two reasons why. One was medicine from the time of it's it's like modernization during World War II, where we had all these different medicines and medicine did an explosion post World War II. The medicines are always the idea of medicine was designed to use for short term to help the body heal, right? And okay. and slowly but surely, well, America's health got worse and people didn't didn't take care of themselves as well, but. But my dad and his friends weren't really, they were no pillars of uh, physical fitness. They were, they, you know, but they didn't take a bunch of medicine. They just drank Coors beer and fucking carried on. What I'm saying is it went from a, a thinking of medicine as something that helps the body heal, that assists the body because the body is a machine. It's a magnificent machine and it'll heal itself or we'll figure it out or short term or, you know, but there wasn't a lot of long-term chronic illness medicines. And all of a sudden, there just became a flood of them in the 80s. And most, most especially in the psychotropic area, in the mental health area, in all these meds that you have to be on in order to have your wits about you, to be able to optimize your mental health, all this kind of stuff, be alert, be aware, be this, be that, Adderall for children, blah, 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 blah. You know, it went from a short-term thing to a subscription. Like, you know, like, the you know, you get nine, eight tracks for a dollar. Right. And then you're going to buy one for $29.99 every month for the rest of your life. It went to a subscription model. And that's why we have so many millions of Americans on not three, not four, not five, not six, but maybe eight drugs. And there's no one on earth needs eight drugs. I, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure no one needs eight drugs. You either need a cemetery or you need to buck up a little bit. Right. Take some responsibility. But but you're talking about meds on top of meds, meds to counter other meds, meds to up or down or this way or sideways or whatever, right? Often, you know, we have workers' comp people that had to be addicted. Like, get this, they'd be on fentanyl lollipops and whatever, and they had to be addicted because, you know, they're a workers' comp case and blah, blah, blah. And so they would start giving them psychostimulants because they were sleepy and drowsy all the time, Chuck. You know what I mean? Right. So now, a drug to counteract the effects of the yeah. other drug. And well, that's you what's know. happening and boosting other ones. And this one boosts that one. So I believe Big Pharma came in here. They had a small percentage of the healthcare market. And over the last 40 years, they've just taken over and they rule America. America is 4.5% of the world's population, takes half the world's medicine. Half. Half of every medicine used on earth is consumed in the United States of America. We can't be that much uh. sicker than now we're sicker than most is what, you know, what I would say, but we can't be that sick. Oh, but you know, um, I got a friend who takes this to the, the next level is that the scientists involved in researching are also involved in food modification and that, um, 
that the food that's being produced is designed to make us sick so that we need the pills that they produce I, and that that's all I big pharma. That. And, and he's, he's a smart person. I mean, if you ever sat down and talked to him, I think, I mean, he, he makes good sense. It sounds crazy when I first heard him say it, but when he broke it down. So it's big pharma it is like, one mystery, murder mystery we could go after. The, the other one would be that, um, that there are many, now, it depends on what the term murderer means to you. But there are, I believe there's probably thousands and thousands of kids, like kids like talking 20, 22, 24, 26, 28, that have dealt fentanyl-laced drugs to their friends who have died. And right now they're just kind of rolling. But how are we going to face that as a community? Is that murder? Is that manslaughter? Is that just drugs? Because because when it was illicit drugs, like if I passed, if I bought drugs from somebody and I handed them over to somebody else who put up the money to buy them, I cut myself a piece of it. If that person died, was I responsible for that? Right? That is a moral question. Right, I think because you play a part in, in the voluntary. A in a murder, that, someone's not voluntary in a murder. Well... Right. But if you know it's a deadly, a deadly uh, drug, like, you know, I, I guess what it is, is premeditation. <clears throat> if if I were right. to hand drugs over to somebody and I didn't know and and uh, and they accidentally overdosed and died, though, I'm going to feel guilty and bad. I don't feel like it's completely my fault. But if I know, like the Mac Miller, for instance, the kid that sold Mac Miller fentanyl and and specifically Mac Miller says, I want Xanny bars, like no fentanyl in them. And he sold them fentanyl lace Xanax, right? Mm -hmm. It's all uh, in the court case, right? The kid got 10 years or something. Um, did I knowingly sell fentanyl telling somebody it's Xanax? That's, 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 what is that, Chuck? What is that to you? Second degree. <laughs> Second degree, or at least, or at least manslaughter, because it's not what you know that that gets murky. Because it's all now we're talking about a black market. What are the rules in a black market? Is it buyer beware, or is it uh, because it's not a legitimate business? There's no better business bureau for drugs. So, Mike, what do you like what do you think of that? If I knowingly, uh, if somebody says, "Hey, I want to buy some Xanax from you, but I don't want any fentanyl, and all I have is fentanyl and Xanax, and I sell it to him, and I don't tell him, and he dies," where what is my culpability there? Well, I think you know when you're a person to person, it's uh, it is your fault if you did it knowingly. You know, it's like uh, giving. But is anybody going to ask Bob? See, it's the same as selling somebody poison instead of dope. That's my opinion. Yeah, but I've never heard of that. People say that's a hot shot. I, I've been around dope since I was 19. I'm 62. So how long is that, Chuck? I'm bad with math. 43 years? 43 <laughs> years good. I've been. Very good. 43 years I've been in this dope game, Mike. I've never known anybody that got a hot shot. I think it's a myth. I think it's a, I think it's like the vanishing hitchhiker. I think it's bullshit. Yeah. I don't think you it know, ever no. has existed. Oh, come on. It, it, it's, it's happened. It's absolutely happened. Yeah, it's happened maybe once or twice in the entire oh, history come of Orange on. It's happened plenty of times. It used to happen all the time back in the day. What do you, you know, I, 
I don't know. Uh-huh. I could also just be a, it could just be an overdose. You want to kill your customer? No. Make any you want to sell them? You want to sell them the Beck? The the hot shot was called the hot shot when the person knew it was strong dope and shot a whole bunch anyways. Oh no! I thought it was poison. You said poison. Oh no no. So hot shot to me was. It was poison. I want to get rid of this person because no, I want to you overdose. You know, and I don't think that purpose on purpose. You want to overdose sometimes if you want to rob them, or if you, or if you're, if it's retaliatory. Yeah, people have done that. Well, I'm I'm just telling you, I've never known anybody that's done it. I've never heard anybody that's done it. I just never have heard that. I've heard accidental overdoses for sure, but that purposely with with premeditation, I want to. I want to kill somebody by giving them drugs that are too strong. I never have experienced that or been around that, but I can tell no. you I've counseled probably six kids that feel guilty for having lied to their friends of what they sold them and they died. Yeah. And if, if I have six, Chuck, you have six and yeah, yeah. Tim chap and Tim Chapman has six and you know, Luis has six. And like, I'm t- telling you, there's a lot of kids out there living with a lot of guilt over this mm-hmm. even if everybody's informed there's guilt even i i've had people when they knew somebody was holding because they didn't say i mean there's so much around this because they're they're not hardened yeah Chuck, i've felt guilty my whole life but but trust me i don't feel like it was my fault when you sell somebody something that you know can kill them and you don't tell them it's in it that another category do i yeah i don't have any i don't have like mike i don't have a lot of tolerance for that i think that is that's unfathomable it's unconscionable and even for somebody who sells drugs if you're lying and you know that that what these people are going to take might kill them and you don't at least warn them that it's got that in it i don't there's no patience for that i don't have any i'm sorry that's where i want it i want the law to step in but you do want the law to step in. Well, that kid got 10 years. I don't know. So let's switch gears to a happy note. We're going to Ohio this weekend, aren't we? Is it this weekend? Is it this weekend, Mike? Yes, it is. I'm not prepared. What do I need to do? I need to get the Winnebago uh, 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 transmission fix. Does Smitty (laughs) want my Winnebago down there? I'm sure he does. (laughs) No, he doesn't. (laughs) He hated that I brought it. It takes up two parking spots. Josh is playing on Saturday, but I don't. Sunday's yeah. the hard day to get in, right? So Saturday won't be right. so hard. It is, yeah. So yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, why couldn't we be on Saturday then, when and we could have a bunch of people come? Uh, we're on <laughs> Sunday, which is the big day. I understand that, but it's also the day you can't have any friends come because it's the big day. <laughs> uh, did we, well, did we, what day did we play last year on the pink day? Wasn't the pink day the big day? It was a Sunday. Huh? If, you, if you only wanted to go one day, then you can't. I mean, I'm going all three days. I think all three days are, are amazing. So yeah, but, no, I'd like, I'd like to see the killers, but like Friday night driving down there, like I'm too old for that. I might, you know, I just said I, I haven't seen my grandson at his home because it's too far away. I'm not going to go see the killers because it's too far yeah, away. You know, a, a I had a back. girlfriend that looked like your boyfriend. <laughs> 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 
you know, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'm kind of curious about the chicks to see where, how they've changed and, you know, they changed their name and they changed their whole style and stuff. I'm kind of curious about that. I haven't listened to any of their stuff. Is the chicks, is the chicks, um, uh, is that a, a pejorative? Is that a pejorative? Can you call a, a girl a chick in rehab? I don't think you can. I, I, I don't think I, I would risk it. Because well, if they're small chickens, they can. You can, but they, but they, <laughs> they're little and they, yellow and fuzzy. But they changed their name to be more politically correct, and I think it was more offensive. I don't think <laughs> they were the Dixie Chicks, which is kind of like you get to say the word "chick" if it's in the if it's in the same sentence with the word "Dixie." <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like Morgan Wallen world. Like you get to say Dixie chicks. Do you think they had any choice? I mean, do you think they just would think, oh, well, let's just call ourselves nothing. <laughs> well, let me just tell you the two <laughs> names of change. So no, there was another band called Lady Antebellum. I don't even know right. what Antebellum is because I'm so stupid. But no, but they changed their name to Lady A. Hey, yeah. And like, you know, you know, it's just like, uh, I don't know. There's just certain things. Just say that. Mike, say Lady A. Lady A. <laughs> it sounds a little <laughs> dirty. It yeah. sounds a little dirty. It sounds yeah. worse than Annabellum. <laughs> I didn't well, know no. what Annabellum was. I didn't know it was offensive word. You know, thank God we got rid of it. But Lady A? Like, I don't know about that. Lady A? You know what? It sounds like a cognitive sort of mental disease. ADA, a Lady A. <laughs> Lady A. Lady A. <laughs> yeah, the initials. An initials thing. Then the other one. So so things have been going like everybody's in grumpy moods. Sid's grumpy. Elvis is grumpy. It was grumpy day today. It was kind of grumpy day yesterday, but we went to the Dodgers and everybody kind of cleared their heads and had fun. But so I say... Cause I hate hippie shit. I fucking hate it. And, um, it's crept into my world here. And, uh, <laughs> what do you mean hippie shit? You know, like the stars and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it all, it came in like, you know, like, like, like little like, feet, like, like jo Joni Mitchell, like, uh, no, like, like going to the, getting the candles and soulmates and all that kind of stuff and the incense mm. and, and, oh, that's, sage Bob, and that's new age. That. Sorry. That's new, oh, age. new age. Okay. So new age. So new age crept in. So then, um, uh, <laughs> we're, we're at the stoplight coming home from school. And I said, Sid was in a bad mood because I just kicked the TV and he, you know, he's kind of, she doesn't like when he acts out. He, I don't know. He's a little two-year-old monster. So, oh, I called my kid a monster. Oh my God. No, oh, he's not a monster. He's a wonderful, precious gift from God. Um, but he can be a little animated, let's say. Yeah. So, and Sid's pouting, <laughs> Sid's pouting. Elvis is like, what the fuck is the problem, Sid? And it's just like, and I said, Uranus is in retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I said what? And I said, I believe Uranus is in retrograde. <laughs> and Sid started laughing because she was in a bad mood the whole car ride for like 40 minutes. And she started laughing. I was like, it's a term that new age people, I said hippie people, but new age people use. To explain grumpiness and explain like, you know, things not going the way you absolutely want. And everybody not being happy all the time. Uranus is in retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> now, Mercury can be in retrograde. That's not as funny. 
as Uranus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's hope Uranus in retrograde is over now and we're moving yeah. into a positive. What is the positive new age thing that's moving forward into the weekend into Ohana so we can all have a joyful time and be happy? What is that? What, so retrograde is the bad thing. What's the moving forward term, Mike, if you're the new age uh, I have no idea. I don't know anything about New Age stuff. Uh, you, you, knew that, kick, you know that you retrograde, Uranus. being in Uranus being in retrograde means things are not going good. I know that football has some crazy terms like, you know, the tight end up the middle and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> What's happening here? <laughs> How are we no, slap happy I'm at 8.45? We have gone through a period here at the forest uh, plant, you know, uh, farm of uh, our Uranus was in retrograde. And I think it's over with now. We're going to cleanse. We're going to sage. We're going to go to a haunted fest and we're all going to have a joyful time. Uh, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to purify. That's another big word in New Bob, Age. So many, people, so many people love that picture of you and Elvis, man. It just fucking blew their minds, man. I put it up on yeah, our... Cool. You know, what? What? Where was it? Which one? You I know, forget. dress up like dad dress day. Oh, oh, yeah, my dress God. up like your dad day. Yeah, I, yeah they, no, they uh, were crazy yeah. for it. <laughs> they just... So, bunch yeah, of compliments. it's... Well, put up the, my grandson at the Hollywood Bowl. That, that, yeah. That's a beautiful picture. That's the three of them. That last one I sent is the three of them watching the music that was played when that baby was born. Wow, that's cool. That is cool. Their, their Uranus is not in retrograde. It's the first no. family, the primary family's Uranus is in retrograde. But we're going to cleanse tonight. We're going to purify. We're going to sage. I'm going to sage all the kids' rooms tonight while they're sleeping and make sure that we all get up tomorrow and have our chocolate chip uh, waffles and we get in, the, get in the car. Don't you like the smell of sage? I love the smell of sage. I don't have... I. It's very popular with my wife. Like and when it's, you it's, like when you burn it and smudge it yeah, around. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. We have smudge spray things. I don't know. It's a little bit too much for me. It's a too uh, you uh, know, my wife my wife had a she went through something and then she got back around and now it's very new agey. That's all I can say. It's that's great. <laughs> and if you it's not great, Mike. It's that's not okay, great. man. <laughs> There's it's like, okay. there's like five candles in here that have all kinds of words on them burning in the house all the time. That's why you need to sage too. You plus you need to wash the windows because it gets so sooty and like, <laughs> no, and it's just a racket. Chuck, you know, it's just a racket. There's like five of those stores. Are there not five of those stores in downtown Huntington beach? They're just I think every other store, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're just rackets. They sell candles. Now, uh, okay, for correct me if I'm not great. You, aren't you hurting things by berating her sort of experience into this new age she, thing? She never listens. It I don't matter. It's I, new to her, listens. and she likes it. Yeah, but, but you're putting her. it out there, and you're manifesting negativity, dude. Remember Khalil? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. We're moved. old. I mean, but you know, we're not that old. We Khalil moved to. Uh, Moved to Austin, Texas, uh, the guy that was like the new age leader of Malibu. And uh, he used to sell these huge, like five foot tall purple crystals for like $3,000. And I'd be like, and what's the point of it? And he goes, um, it collects good energy. Wait, so wait, so the crystal gets really happy since it's the one collecting all the positive shit. Does that make the crystal happy or the people near it? 
because it would take your happy if it collects happy. No, it's it's the people who own it are happy. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm going to get one. How much are they? Uh, <laughs> uh, 3000. Prayers are good. For prayers are good. I I'm, I haven't I I'm soften up, Bob. I'm happy you know that everything's righted you know that the ship has righted itself but how it did still doesn't fit my you know it's like i'll go along with it yeah no no i got i got it i got it but i do make fun of it and i probably shouldn't but i make fun of everything oh bob oh, oh bob. bobby forrest the la county <laughs> sign was off quite a deal i fuck all you guys come on hey, now bye come bye. down to ohana fast <laughs> Don't come. They can't come down. It's sold out, isn't it? There's no. Don't tell no, people to come down when it's sold out. Can tickets. they get tickets? Yeah. Okay. Good. So, uh, so come down and see us for podcasting uh, and putting it out Sunday. Uh, next day on Sunday. Not that. Eh? We're putting afternoon. it out that same day. We're not putting out the oh, next day. We're yeah, that same day. Where am I supposed day. to edit it, Bob? Right there on the fucking grounds before before Food Fighters go on. Oh. Edit it while Food Fighters are on. Okay, sure. There you go. Okay, bye bye. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> see y'all. See you. See you in a week. Later.